He's always that pissed. He's an angry little guy. He, he, he can't move the way he used to when he was. We are him. live. <laughs> did you share it? Did you share it? I might yeah. have pre Parkinson's, but <laughs> fuck you, ref. <laughs> we are live, Max McDoolin. <laughs> no, don't say that. No, no. <laughs> We're live, everybody. Come on in. Take a seat at the table with Jackson and myself. How are we looking right now? We're looking great. We're looking good. Gold, I tell you, gold. Max McDoolin's back with us. He's coming on third. He's, yeah, third, third in the lineup. We got uh, Matt Harrington coming on second. Everyone go repost this. Take a share, please. Share this to all your followers. We're, we're live, baby. We are live. <laughs> what a great start. <laughs> All right, guys. Let's do this. Okay. I'll take the face and you take the JV mobile. Yeah, cool. We are live here at the table, J and B podcast, everybody. Jackson Shorter to my left, I'm Bobby Levine. Welcome in. We've got one more podcast here on Ohio University's campus before we hit the summer break. Uh, we'll still have podcasts this entire summer. We got Lots get, of content coming out. Lots um, of content, guys. Again, check out our website, seatatthetea.com. Uh, Instagram and Twitter. and Yeah, exactly. And we're doing a uh, big story on our first round NFL draft. Yes. Right now we've got some good baseball uh, art articles out there on the on the website, seedatthetea.com. And um, so we've got the first five uh, picks out. Uh, they're a little funky, so go check them out. We'll be releasing them day by day, five picks at a time until we get to 32. Duncan Goldberg took that one. Again, huge writing down in Alabama with... Our man, Jordan Lindsay, he's got a couple writers underneath his belt taking some time out of their day to help the table here. Uh, got to hit our sponsors, people. Pigskin, huge shout-out to you guys, the podcast. Uh, wants to thank you guys for sure. Uh, also, tomorrow night, Game 5, Columbus Blue Jackets and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Go to the Pigskin and check it out. Exactly, but before you go to the Pigskin... Yes. Or actually, yeah, at, before, because you don't want to be driving afterwards. But uh, swing by J&J Mobile Detailing uh, right behind Avalanche Pizza. Get your car washed, detailed, shampooed, all that. Right behind Avalanche Pizza off East State Street. It's actually for everyone here. I didn't actually know this. The coolest thing about the J&J Mobile Detailing, if you tell them where you are, say you have a class for an hour long, they will come pick your car up and bring it back to you before that class is over. They give you one hour, they'll pick it up, bring it back to you clean, shiny, sparkling, and smelling fresh. That's some customer service right there. I didn't there. know that at all. Big John and Joe told me that this week, so again, go right behind Avalanche Pizza off East State Street. Okay, let's dive in. I've got some hot takes to take in this first segment. Definitely. First off, I want to say the Aaron Hernandez thing for a second. Yesterday afternoon, Starling Marte, the Pittsburgh Pirates, the outfielder, very young, studded couldn't say prospect anymore because he's been up in the league for a couple years. Yeah. Gets caught taking a PED. Now, folks, I am fed up right now. Baseball was in the dark ages after the Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa home run thing, and everything went into a spiral downfall when everyone took the steroid and got caught with it in the early 2000s. Bryce Harper comes out last year, make baseball great again. 
everyone that is coming up through the minors is trying their fucking ass off. And you know what? You got guys like Marte who are disgraced the league. In my opinion, he not should only have an 80-game suspension. It's an entire year suspension. But everyone that pays season tickets, he should give uh, some money to them for wasting their money on him. That is an absolute disgrace. He's not sorry for taking steroids. He's sorry he got caught. An absolute embarrassment to the league. He knows what he did wrong, and he knew it before. It's not, it's not like a Dorito. You can't even just one Dorito. <laughs> You've been doing it for multiple times, for multiple months, and probably years, and now he finally gets caught with it. He should be ashamed of not only himself, for, he should be sorry for the Pittsburgh Pirate organization who, who gives him enough money to support himself for a lifetime. He should be sorry for his family. Absolute, absolute pitiful, pitiful story for the Pittsburgh Pirates and Sully Marte. I agree with that. Okay. All right. Now we can switch gears. I'm sorry about that. I just get so I, – I, I love baseball so much. We'll have Mac McDoodle on in two segments, and he'll talk about as much as he loves baseball and how we're trying to make this great this game great again. It, it needs to be great again. And when you do that, you put a bad light on the sport, and that's what not needs to happen. I saw an article not too long ago. Um, I don't remember which it was. I think it might have been ESPN, but it was, the game of baseball is not boring. You are. Yes. Yes. 100%. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, that, that article just came out recently. Very, very good article. Um, now I want to talk about something very, very unique and weird. Uh, Aaron Hernandez, earlier this morning, Wednesday, April 19th, was found in his prison cell, uh, hung from his bed sheet as he committed suicide. Yeah. Um, the story itself, you want to say is a sad thing and you want to feel bad for him, but you cannot. He is alleged murder and convicted murder of Odell Lloyd. Odin Lloyd. Odin Lloyd, excuse me, Odin Lloyd. Um, and was going to spend his rest of his life in that prison cell. First off, to take your own life and commit suicide is a very selfish act. But what he did is, is unthinkable. I've never, ever in my life... I've been mad at people, of course. You, Of course you get angry. But there's no nothing in your life that you should make and think of trying to commit a murder and commit a crime to that extent. And you know what? He disgraced... And not only, again, same thing as Selling Martin. He disgraced his family, his teammates, and everyone that loved him. Yeah, this whole story is just... When I when I woke up and saw that, I think it came out at like se- seven o'clock this morning or something. It was the first thing I saw on my phone. Your first reaction is, "Wow, he committed suicide," and then you immediately feel bad for someone. And I didn't. I didn't feel bad for him. Yeah. This is a sad ending to a sad life. Yeah. Like Colin, uh, like Colin Cowherd was saying uh, earlier today, and on his take of this, this. It's just a disappointing life. He was given so much. He was given so much. He um, had so many opportunities, had a great quarterback uh, in the NFL and in college, was on his way to become a star, and he decided to make the decisions that he did. So it's hard to feel bad for him. Sad ending to sad life. Same thing as Stoney Marte. Takes away from the light of the sport. Uh, Today, coincidentally, the New England Patriots visited the White House to collect uh, congratulations, yeah. congratulations, pretty much from President uh, Donald Trump, and also a couple comedian things with the uh, Gronk and busting up a meeting. I mean, I don't think Gronk can ever do anything wrong uh, in the limelight of the media. He's just a funny guy. Sean Spicer looked like he saw a ghost or something. He was so confused, it. absolutely. But again, it's just such a bad thing. I mean, it's <laughs> it's just a very hard story. When people say they feel bad for the, like the Hernandez family, yes, for Aaron Hernandez, you cannot feel bad. The guy had everything in his life he ever could want. He got. He was stayed friends with the wrong people when he grew up and became an adult, and his actions paid for it. So yeah. All right. Let's enough of the sad talk. Enough of the bad talk. Let's bring in our NBA expert, Matt Harrington. Woo! Make room at the table. Make right room here. at the table. Woo! 
We live, baby. We live, baby. We live, baby. All right. All right. Well, we missed you the last couple weeks. I was, I was pretty sad not to be on last week. <laughs> I was bad, too. We got you back. The NBA regular season is thankfully over. Thankfully. Thank we God. know what teams are in. We know what teams are out. Right now, the NBA is right in the middle of the first round playoffs. It is getting exciting a couple series. The most exciting time of the year. Uh, if we look at every series, you you look at going into the playoffs, the Cavaliers did not get the one seed. No. Which could be a blessing, though. Yeah, definitely, because the, the Bulls are looking like a pretty formidable opponent right now. The Bulls on TNT are the real de- deal. Yeah. The TNT Bulls, if you guys aren't knowing this or don't believe me, the TNT Bulls, the Bulls that play on TNT, have not lost in 21 straight games. Wow. <laughs> what? That's crazy. I, I, so that is a fact. You can look it up. Fact check yourself there. Since 2014, since the Bulls play on TNT, either late night, week, weekdays, and regular season, or the playoffs, they have not lost. First three games of the series is on TNT. They're up 2-0 right now. Wow. Swear to goodness. 21, 21, 21. 21-21-21. So right now, do you do you see the Bulls coming or keeping this lead and making a huge upset? Right now, I just think the, the Celtics are, are going through something mentally. Yes. Not just Isaiah Thomas. We all know what he's going yes. through. It's, it's understandable what, what he's going through. Uh, but I feel like just like the whole the whole team is just is not there emotionally, physically, mentally. It's like a... You know, whatever aspect that that needs to be there, they're just they're just not there. Um, and I th- I just think that's a lack of star power. I, I know Isaiah Thomas is that main guy, yes. But they don't have that that other guy that can step. They pay Al Horford over summer yeah. Yeah. in hopes that he can be that big man down low. Um, right now he's looking like an exceptional role player, yes, at, at best. Um, but he doesn't look like that go-to guy that they were counting on mm-hmm. and uh, paying for. So that's that's my opinion. The Celtics. This is what this is what I was saying last podcast. What they have, what their priorities were, were to get that number one seed. Yes. And well, they got the number one seed. Yes. But it looks like they're going to be out of the playoffs after the very first round, um, being down two two games to the TNT Bulls. Right. TNT, TNT Bulls, Bulls. I promise you, I did not know about TNT that Bulls. until Sunday night on Game Four or Game Three of the Jackets. One of my buddies was wearing his Bulls jersey, watching it in the corner, and he's like, we never lose on TNT, and I thought he was joking. And he brought up an article, and I promise, they're the, real, the only real dynasty in the NBA, they said. Wow. There's a huge article about that right now. Do you think right the now. players know that? Yes, 100%. Yeah, they're, yeah. If there are articles now coming out about it, they should 100% know. <laughs> well, they're going to lose next game now. We'll see. We'll, we'll see what, now that everyone's talking about it more. Yeah. Let's go to the Cavaliers series. We have a lot of people watching us live on Facebook that are from the Cleveland area, that are diehard Cavs fans, including a couple people on the show. Um... Right now they have a two zero lead against the Pacers. Yeah, Paul but, George is in charge of the Indiana Pacers, <laughs> and after last game he put a whole blame on them. Yeah, what's that whole story? It's kind of looking, you know, you know how LeBron is, you know, he's critical of his teammates whenever they're not performing in, in the way that he wants them to. Yes, and I, I just feel like Paul George is taking that role on. <laughs> I feel like maybe not to a certain extent that LeBron is doing to where to point him and Tristan Thompson were arguing on the court, but. Right now, I feel like it's the early stages right now where he's expecting more of his teammates, and maybe his teammates should be expecting more of him, but he's, he's been coming through. So right now, for me, it's just like Paul George, is, he does have reason to be critical. Um, there's been times where his teammates have just not just filled the, the void that, well, not the void, excuse me, but just not made plays that they're supposed to make. But uh, I just feel like Paul George, he's just looking kind of LeBron-esque right now. If that's a word. <laughs> yeah, my main take from this whole series so far, uh, the, the Pacers have been playing well to the best of their abilities. Yes. But this should be a blowout win, we, a game after game, 
for the Cavs. And I mean, the first one was close, as we all saw. Yes. One point win, which was down to the last couple shots. The second one, the Cavs were winning. They had a good third quarter and were winning by, I think it was 19. 19, 19 yeah, close point. to 20. And that just diminished like that. And, and it's just the Cavs' lack of um, defense, uh, their lack of motivation. Like, they need to get this going. Like, how. This is the playoffs. This, this is no the playoffs longer now. the regular season. They're winning, which I guess a win is a win, yeah. but I just hate the way that they're winning. Letting letting them get into 100 points with their defense, you can't – I realize they're an offensively built team, but you can't just rely on your offense when you're playing a team from the West or even the championship in the East against the Bulls. Time will tell. We're going to take a quick commercial break here on JB Podcast. We'll be, right we'll be back right after this quick commercial break. We'll have more NBA talk with Matt Harrington. All right, guys, you're still on Facebook Live. Please press that share button for all your Facebook followers to check us out at the JME Podcast without you viewers. We have no sponsors. We want to thank everyone out there right now. Um, Matt Harrington is going to stay with us for 10 more minutes on the next segment and talk about more NBA stuff. I got to get your question. I'm going to go. Let's see. Coach. Memphis coach. We already get that one. Who comes to stop the Cavs? JR. We'll talk about this one next. Okay. What else was Steph? Steph deleted his social media. Okay. Too much okay. Uh, we're ready when you are. Welcome back here to the JMB Podcast. My name is Bobby Levine. Alongside me is Jackson Schroeder, my partner in crime, and Matt Harrington, my roommate, back with us here talking NBA. Uh, huge shout out again to our, our proud sponsors. I'll take the J and J Mobile detailing this time. Right behind Avalanche Pizza on East State Street. Get your car waxed, washed, detailed, shampooed, all that good stuff. They will pick your car up wherever you are. If you tell them where you are, they'll pick it up. An hour later, they'll have it back pristine condition for you guys. Get it checked out. Big John and Joe Andrews down at that shop. Tell them the J and B podcast sent you. And after that, drive on down to the Pigskin and uh, Pigskin Bar and Grill. Grab a drink, some food, and join the Columbus uh, Blue Jackets fan club there. The artillery. Uh, the artillery. And uh, going to be some great times going down to the pigskin. Hopefully get another Columbus Blue Jackets win. Keep this watch party going. That likely won't Hey, you are, you are from Columbus. I'm You're from Columbus, hard. but uh, 3-1. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. All right, so let's get back to the NBA talk. Uh, back on the Cleveland Cavaliers series right now. Uh, Matt, who is going to be the guy that steps up right now if J.R. Smith is in his funk or can't even Right now, they're looking at Demond Shumpert. Um, you know, J.R. Smith, I, miss, I believe he missed 36, game, 36 games over the season, and Demond was like the main backup or the main guy to come in and start for him. Um, right now, as the playoffs have, have come along, J.R. Demond Shumpert's role has uh, diminished uh, a big amount. I don't know why I couldn't think of that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so he's looking to come in and step up and provide a lift. He did that the last game where he came in and provided the three. And he stopped Paul George uh, in the third quarter where he only scored four points in the third quarter. So that was a big, 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 big thing that the Cavs needed. So hopefully J.R., or not, excuse me, not J.R., Iman Shepard can come in and uh, provide that same type of lift. And then the guy who comes in off the bench for him, maybe I guess that's Kyle Korver or Derek Williams, can come in and provide the same lift that Iman Shepard did for uh, J.R. Smith. Yeah, the Cavs have so many playmakers now. I mean, especially offensively, because that's how they built their team. Um, but the very first game, Amon Shumpert didn't even get off the bench. Yeah. Tyrone Lue didn't take him off. And he said that was just over the course of the game. He didn't feel like he was fit in any point of that game, which I guess is understandable. But when he, last year, a championship team is your sixth man off the bench. Sometimes started 
Um, you got you got to reward the guy sometimes. How come he doesn't deserve a spot to go in, uh, in st- at the shooting guard position instead of Darren Williams or Kyle Korver? Maybe I don't know. It's a coaching decision, but I, I like I like him on. I well, like him still as that. If you man. if you saw late in the season from after the All Star break until now, you seen the Shumper, He wasn't really performing that well, and that's where Tyron Lue is like, all right, you're not performing to our best expectations. We're gonna put you on the bench and we're gonna have somebody else fill that void, and. Again, that's why you see Tyron Lue diminishing his uh, his his bench yes. into like eight play- or three players off the bench, nine players off the bench with Iman Shumpert looking from the outside in. Absolutely. Well, right now the Cavs have a two zero lead, looking solid in control of the series. Uh, no one here thought they were going to have trouble in the first series at all. Uh, they win this series to either play the Toronto Raptors, the three seed, who was tied one one with the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, us on the panel last week. Uh, we're pretty much split. You have Milwaukee. Did you have Milwaukee? Someone had Milwaukee. Oh, uh, I didn't. No, Milwaukee. I, I have Milwaukee. You I'll have say Milwaukee. that. I wasn't here last week. If you watched last week, but uh, I have Milwaukee. They stole a game, which they needed to do yep. if they were going to come in and win the series. And you always want to win the game at the opposition's home court. Yes. And they did just Still that. Have. So now they have their two games. And they the last game was fairly close. They won or they lost 106, 102, four points. Yep. So if they go home, get that home court energy, that home crowd energy. There's no telling what they could do. Maybe they could go up 3-1 and seal the deal in the game five. Let's go to the West Coast series now. And the 2-7 matchup between the San Antonio Spurs against the Memphis Grizzlies. Excuse me. Um, Memphis is outmanned, outgunned mm-hmm. in this entire series. Mm-hmm. Uh, the brand-new coach, mm-hmm. very frustrated with the officiating, yeah. to say the least. Yeah. Uh, after Monday's loss, the Spurs won 96-82. In San Antonio was a series. Now we'll flip back to Memphis uh, tomorrow night. What's your take on this? What's going on? Um, Fisdale does have a certain extent to be, you know, critical of the officiating because Memphis is generally, generally a very physical team, especially with Zebo, Zach Randolph, who is the most like like Fisdale said, he's the most rugged player in the league. If you know his style of play, he gets the dirty board. He gets the offensive boards. He gets the dirty dirty points. He does does it all. Does dirty plays. Cleans up the boards. He does whatever you need to do down in the paint, and he, he draws a lot of fouls. Um, I'm not sure what the percentage is on that. I haven't looked up the statistics on that, but he's he's at least one of the top ten most foul players in the league. So for them to get 15 free throws last night compared to Kawhi's Leonard took 19 for the game and 32 overall for the Spurs in the game, um, I do feel like the Fizz though has a valid valid reason to be explained and be uh, angry at that. At that uh, what went on last night. Exactly. I mean, I, I would agree with you there, but it, it, we need to look at this game and just get off of the officiating. I mean, the Spurs are going to win this series, yes. no doubt. Kawhi yeah. Leonard yeah. is the second best player in the NBA. I'd be Woo. willing to say that. Woo. I think he is behind LeBron James. Woo. Most important for that team. T- take the Spurs of old. Take the Spurs of old, and they wouldn't they wouldn't face up anything. Uh, Kawhi Leonard is. The face of that organization, without a doubt, now, and without Kawhi Leonard, uh, they would be nowhere. I think he should be a higher name in the MVP race, my my opinion. Because what does most valuable player mean? Most valuable player to that team's success. Without him, where would they be? They would still be in the playoffs. I feel like in the playoffs, they, but they wouldn't be the number two. I don't. I don't, okay, I don't yeah. think OKC would be in the playoffs without Westbrook. I don't think. Hart, yeah, I would. Yeah. I would agree, but I don't think. Nah, because I feel like his season. He's had an exceptional year. Yes. He's had yeah, but he's building up, but he's yeah, still he's, he's twenty. 
24, 25, 25 years old. Um, but I just think, you know, if Westbrook and Harden didn't have the years that they had, then Kawhi I just want to see his be. name up there. I want to see his he name. He plays up for the there. Spurs. When have you yeah. ever seen anybody that plays for the Spurs besides <laughs> You know, even then, even then, not he even deserved the notoriety yeah. as he did. You know, gotten they fly under the radar. Exactly. That's that's they're in a small market and they stay under the radar. That's how they win games for the past 20 years. Jordan Lindsay just commented, said, Kawhi or die. He's agreeing with you, Jackson. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, in my opinion, is a very great, he's a great player, but he's not top two. Not yet. <laughs> he's very young. He hasn't, he, hasn't, he hasn't in his peak yet. Again, he's not in his prime. Yeah, which is, yeah, which is, in a couple years, I can give it to him there. Not right now with Westbrook and Harden, how they're playing for their own, uh, their own teams. Let's go and talk about Steph Curry. Yeah. They play late night tonight, Golden State. Um, he deletes or get, takes his social media, takes himself off social media as a whole. Yeah. Is he trying to clear his head? What's he, is Cleveland fans getting his I head again? Like, What's going on? Three one lead. That no, I just feel like he's the he's trying to get in his zone, trying to clear everything out, um, and he's just not trying to let any distractions get to him at this point. LeBron James does this often. I think we all know. He goes into a zero dark 30, zero dark 30, yep. 23 mode. I guess that's what he calls it. And uh, he just, you know, dissolves himself from all social media, all distractions. Because at this point of the year, you don't need any distractions. But then again, some players use social media as, get, as like a motivation. Like people will be on social media and they'll bash a player and he'll use that as motivation. Or some, some players like, you know, are like egotistic and they like when people are talking good about them. So they'll, you know, see that stuff and then, that's how they perform as well. So as far as you know, every player deleting their social media, I don't think that that should be the case. You know, some players, it, it, I just think it works for you know certain people. You know, that's that's my take on it. Yeah, I mean, this is like a we've made this into a whole big deal where it's like a storyline now that like if a player <laughs> deletes all their social media yeah. accounts, then like they're in the mode, they're yeah. getting ready for the playoffs. Yeah. I don't know. He's, he's got to get ready though. He he knows he did not win a championship last year. Mm-hmm. He lost a 3-1 lead, folks. Remember that against the Pittsburgh Penguins series there. 3-1 lead. Um, embarrassing. It was embarrassing as a whole. You had two games at home. Yes, they did not have Draymond one of the games. Uh, but he's tired of it. I know he's tired of it. When you go to bed every single night knowing that you don't have an extra ring on your finger and all the Cleveland fans are giving you so much crap for it, it would piss me off. He's it would locked piss in. Me off. He's locked in. He's locked in. Last talk, last question before we go to a quick commercial break and switch topics here. This series out west with the OKC Thunder and the Houston Rockets. Mm-hmm. Right now it's a 1-0 one, one series in favor of Houston. But if you look at the series right now, I think it, uh, Houston is losing by eight points tonight. Uh, let's get to scores here. Uh, OKC could tie the series up. And you said winning on the road and stealing a game was huge. It's huge, very huge. Obviously Westbrook's, yeah, they're up by seven right now. The Thunder are middle of the third quarter. Still plenty of time. It's the box score if, the, if the Thunder can somehow pick up a game... Will they win this series? Westbrook's got 27, 11, reba- 11 rebounds, and how many assists? Oh, he's 11 assists and 8 rebounds. He's going to get a triple-double tonight. Uh, and Harden's got 16 points, and he's got minus 5 on the court. Minus 5. That's huge. That's very That's huge. That's huge. So, uh, with Westbrook performing like he is, it looks like if he keeps this up, which I'm pretty sure he can, he's a very you know energetic player. He's a very fast twitch. You know, He relies on that a lot. And for some reason, he keeps he has all this energy just bottled up in his body. He can just display it any time, turn it on and off. But uh, so if he displays this throughout the whole game, they will win this game. Um, now it's just a matter of fact, matter if the if the Thunder can keep this going on in the series. 
because um, I feel like the Rockets have too much firepower. You yes. know, Eric Gordon come in sharpshooter. He's a top ten pick back in the day. He's a twenty four scorer back in the day. So he definitely has that firepower as well. And then they have defensive players in Clint Capella, uh, Trevor Ariza can cause havoc on the defensive end. Uh, so we will see definitely what the Thunder will be able to handle from the Rockets. It's an interesting series. It's my favorite series. Yeah, yeah. it's everyone's favorite. Playoffs. This is the best series in the first round. It's the two got? MVP candidates. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I think the Thunder uh, will steal this game in Houston, but I don't think they'll steal the series. I think the Rockets team is too deep. Um, they're, they're two exciting players. I just think all it comes to is that the that the Rockets uh, bench and who, who surround Harden are better. Yeah. All right, well, that's all we got right now. Next week we'll have probably the re, re, uh, the series recap on this one. Uh, thank you, Matt, for coming on. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We come back. We have baseball with Max McDoolin here on JB Podcast. Yeah, there it is. That, there it is. All right. All right, see y'all, fellas. See everybody. Bye, uh, <coughs> Wait, are we... Oh, we're doing baseball. All right, guys, come on in again. If you have not pressed that share button, press that share button for us. That was the NBA talk. We've got MOB talk right now with Max McDoolin. And after that, we have hockey talk with about the Blue Jackets <coughs> and the Penguins and how the series could be getting a lot tighter than what everyone expected after last, before last night. Excuse me. Um, where would you want the team? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna start and go blow my nose real quick. Okay. <laughs> there you go, podcast. You hear that live. You guys get to hear all <laughs> this stuff. Yeah, you Welcome to the JMB podcast. My name is Bobby Line. Once again, alongside me is Jackson Schroeder and Max McDoolin joining us first time in a couple weeks as well with uh, Matt Harrington. Uh, you were feeling better now. You were a little sick. Yeah. Sick. How yeah. The got got over the mononucleosis, Mono. uh, and so now we're we're back, uh, and now. Uh, College basketball is over, so that yes. means it's my turn to take on uh, Major League Baseball. All right, well, let's let's dive into this right now. Yeah. Uh, actually, quick shout-out to our, our sponsors. Definitely. J&J Mobile Detailing right off East A Street. They'll pick your car up, clean it, wash, wax, rinse, shampoo, the whole thing. It'll look great. Just yeah. tell them where you are. They'll pick your car up, bring it back in an hour. It'll be brand spanking new. And whether you're a hockey fan, a fan of a good time, a fan of good food or drink, <laughs> Stop by the Pigskin Bar and Grill on Court Street and come watch. Uh, come support the Blue Jackets, yes. not the Penguins. Well, you, if you are a Penguins fan, please come out. We, we don't. We don't. We don't yeah. care. There's we won't discriminate. Penguins. It'll be fun. Yeah. There's a TV on the uh, on the, the patio. The patio. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So now we're gonna dive into the um, baseball segment here before we talk about hockey. Um, right now, it's still very early. Yes. Teams are ahead of the division. That you're probably shaking your head of how the hell they get there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of those teams is my favorite team. <laughs> it's Cincinnati Reds. Cincinnati Let's Reds. talk about the Reds right now. For all the Reds viewers, we'll, we'll switch yeah. to Indians talk, and we'll talk about, all about baseball. Yeah, well, first... Um, they lost tonight, by the way. To, to, preface, to preface with Reds and Indians, yes. Indians fans, don't be over-concerned, yes. and Reds fans, don't get over-excited. I'm, over, I'm allowed <laughs> uh, to be over-excited. Yeah, you're, you're, you're over-excited. Lucas Reds Moore is over-excited. Because this is the only exciting time that yeah. the Reds fans have. This right. is the only exciting thing that Cincinnati <laughs> fans have had in the last two years, is this... These, this span of 15 games. Um, so uh, Reds right now, one of the things that's very positive was coming into tonight, they've had a plus 21 run differential Huge. this year. Humongous. After tonight, it's down to plus 19, yep. which is still a big number. Um, and uh, they sit at 9-6 and six after tonight's six loss. Win percentage. Um, you know, it's a good start to the season. Great Don't get me wrong. Um, I go by what's called the 20-game rule. 
it's, it's my philosophy on how to analyze Major League Baseball's uh, teams at the start of a season. Lucas Wood over uh, to you. No, no I did. told no, Lucas. No, 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 he, he, he mentioned you. He, 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 yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. No, he did Just making sure no, 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 I know, I know, uh, yeah. that, that we got that clear. <laughs> uh, uh, that I told Lucas about my 20-game no, rule. No, he gave me a shout. He gave me a shout. He said, so, so I like the 20-game rule, and then really you analyze it at 30. So we're sitting at 15 yes. right now. So if the Reds can continue this run of having solid pitching and good offense over the next five games, and that's where I say, okay, okay, so this is a team where now the question is, what moves do they make? Yes. Because that's when that's why you have to wait till game 30, because you get to a point where at, let's say the Reds win their next three um, so that puts them at 12 and 8, they, yeah. you know, at the 20-game point. Then they say to themselves, okay, so what do we need? So they wait 10 more games, and then if, they are, if they're 5 and 5, and they're still over 500, that's when you'll see teams starting to make moves. Okay. But, but the big plus for the Reds is the bullpen has been a huge difference maker this oh, year. As Reds good. fans know, it's been fantastic. I expect it to continue to be very good. And I have defended Brian Price quite a few times. Yes. Uh, I like Price personally. Uh, his Pythagorean win and loss, which essentially means the number of runs your team scores and the number of runs your team gives up, he has a differential in that category in the negatives, which is essentially how you measure whether a manager is good or not. So Brian Price has led the Reds to more losses than wins he should yes. based on the number of runs they've scored under him. This year that's different. He's done exactly what we've expected of him, but more importantly, he's been extremely innovative with that yes. bullpen. He's been not afraid to go to it. Brandon Finnegan um, hurt his lat the other day. But also, uh, I think Price was not afraid to go to the bullpen in the no. second inning because he saw a pitcher who was really wild, and he knew his bullpen was good, and he knew they needed to win a baseball game. Yes. They won that baseball game. Huge. So that's been fun. That's been a fun thing. Okay, so I got two questions about the Reds as a whole. Mm -hmm. um, they have, I believe it's 11 guys in the bullpen this year. Yeah. Uh, well, no, I mean, the, there's... 11 guys. Yeah, there, yeah. There's eight guys in the pen, and you got five starters. you got 12 on the bench. Michael Lorenzen is the key, in my opinion. Not only because yeah. we don't have the, the position players that most teams have coming off the bench uh -huh. that are so deaf. If yeah. we get an injury on the starting of our starting lineup in the field, we are in trouble. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Michael Lorenzen is the guy that can play two ways. Yep. He hit a pinch hit home run game two or three of the season. Two. It's the second game of the year. That was the first pinch hit home run we had in two seasons. Two seasons. We didn't have one all last year. Our pitcher came in. Uh, Lorenzen pitched tonight. Uh, Perfect. Pretty much gave up two hits, but no runs. Our bullpen again, shutting them down. Bullpen looked good. Peralta looked really good yes. tonight. Uh, three Ks in an inning. And, and then my last thing, my mm -hmm. last few before you can comment on this is Storm last night. You yeah. have to give a shout out to folks if you have not heard or seen this. He threw the immaculate inning. Nine pitches, nine strikes, three strikeouts. Yep. Not a single pitch more. <laughs> he literally mowed them all down. I've never heard of that. Well, and double check on Peralta. He may have thrown nine pitches. He threw ten pitches. He threw ten pitches tonight. Nine for strikes. Yes. I got three batters. The Reds almost had two it's immaculate great. innings back in a row. To back. In, a row. in a row. Close. Peralta almost did it. Sounds uh, like Bobby in high school, right? Yeah. 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 High school Bobby. I was throwing um, cheese up there. Yeah. There's nothing. <laughs> um, but uh, Lorenzen, like you said, he's that key piece. Love that storyline. Uh, the last pitcher to have hit a pinch hit home run is a name that may be familiar to uh, some Reds fans. Micah Owings. He, did wow. it, uh, he didn't do it for the Cincinnati Reds. He did pitch for them, though. Yes. I believe he did it uh, as a pinch hitter with the Rockies. Okay. Um, but, but Micah Owings is another one of those guys who had a really good bat, but he was a pitcher. Um, Rick Ankiel, obviously, yep. is one of the other most recent uh, pitchers who could hit. And then, of course, his career, he just released a book, very interesting book, um, but he became a hitter. 
but Lorenzen, right now we've got some really good hitting pitchers in Major League yeah, Baseball. So Let's talk do. about that real quick. Bumgarner. Madison Bumgarner, Huge. Michael Lorenzen, uh, and, can and, and one too. Noah Syndergaard, and Clayton Kershaw can yeah. run into one every now yep. and then. Some of the best pitchers in Major League Baseball can run into pitches. But Lorenzen has not been quiet about his desire to play both ways. He wants to. Which is something that Brian Price is internally thinking about um, the possibility. Lorenzen played in the outfield during um, high school. I would be shocked that if in an extra inning game we didn't see Lorenzen at some point play in the outfield. And I'd be interested to see how that goes. That could be the future of baseball in a few years. Yes, I don't think yeah. we're there yet. Get your money's worth. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. Let's talk about the Indians and your tribe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Reds are playing hot. The Indians coming off a World Series appearance. Yeah. Uh, they lost. They blew a 3-1 lead as well. We'll talk about 3-1 leads every single segment here leading up to our last segment. Seems to be a trend, right? Uh, they're 7-7 right now. Uh, I believe they won a night big against the... They won, they won their last two. They won their last they're two. starting a little streak here. The Minnesota Twins started out hot. They're coming back down to earth right now. <laughs> can the Indians take over this division run away with it, you think? I, I think they can. If the Tigers can figure out their bullpen yes. at all, then they're a good challenge. Okay. But their bullpen was almost as bad as the Reds last season, yes. and they still had a much better team. So you put an average bullpen in Detroit, and all of a sudden you have an elite team over there. The thing about Cleveland is, is they have the most prolific offense in Major League Baseball, and they're still not 100% healthy. Yes. Yeah. And that's the thing that really blows my mind about Cleveland. What we saw with Toronto in years past, obviously the addition of Encarnacion over to the Indians kind of shifts the power in the American League over to the Indians. Every single player in the Indians lineup can hit a home run. And Every single one can change the game with one swing of the bat, and that is a huge thing. And they aren't Canada. all home run hitters either. Yep. They, they're, they're hitters to get on base, which yep. I mean, like, a team like the Mets thrives off of uh, hitting home runs, yes. but the Indians are an offensive powerhouse. Well, there's, there's a mixture right now in baseball. Um, in the past, you've seen, team, you've seen years where it's been home run teams with heavy strikeouts win. Yeah. You've seen in years past where most of the time it's contact teams. This year it's this year and last year, this year the trend is continuing that there's a mixture. Yes. There's teams who hit a lot of home runs and strike out a lot. So far pitching has been great yes. in the MLB. Yes. Um, you also have this trend continuing of teams that are walking a ton, the Chicago Cubs yes. fit that category. And then you have the team that has this almost perfect mix yeah. of on base percentage, contact hitters and power hitters, and that's the Cleveland Indians. So in baseball, there's there's three different areas where really good baseball teams are in. I think that's why baseball has been so exciting lately. So exciting. I mean, people were really fired up about the World Series last year, and I don't think it was just because it was the Cleveland Indians the and the Chicago Cubs. It was because it was exciting baseball. 100%. And it's still continuing right now. One thing to comment on the Indians before I ask you last question before we wrap this up is yep. the Indians think how lucky they are to play in the American League. They have a designated hitter, so top yep. to bottom of their lineup is so deadly. Yes, you sir. don't get a break in that at all. It's like the Cubs when it was the World Series. Back and forth, it wasn't a dead part of both lineups. It was yep. very, very, very exciting. Because you, you had Schwarber. Schwarber the agent. Yep. Exactly. The guy can hit any, anytime, any, anywhere. Um, last question before we wrap things up and go to the NHL. What team are you looking at to be uh, surprising people right now that will stay atop of the division? Well, um, I mean, I, a team that's always a threat, I think, is Colorado Rockies. Yeah. They play in a ballpark that they know how to win in. Um, so they're normally going to be around 500, if not better, in their own ballpark. And, and if they finally put it together this year, they have an offense that's just yes. prolific out there. Um, another team that I don't think is a dark horse at all is the Texas Rangers out in the AL West. But I want to bring them up because uh, they, they are a team to be afraid of okay. as the year goes on. They will be a team to challenge the Indians in the American League this year. So I'm excited to see uh, what the Texas Rangers can do in the AL. 
and what the Rockies can do in the NL and it comes to challenging possibly the Cubs and the Indians. Cool. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I agree with that. I also think you need to look out for the Yankees have been hot. Oh, yeah, they're so hot. They're 8-2 right now. Two down. young guys, Bird at first base and Sanchez behind the plate. And also, right now, staying in the AL East, the Orioles as well. I mean, that's going to be a race to the top. The Orioles, the Yankees, and the Red Sox there. All, all three of those teams' offenses are incredible. Tampa Bay is very young-studded, and Toronto is struggling yeah, right struggling. now, but it's still, still very, very early. And before we wrap up this segment, I will say that is a division that we cover really well on Seed at the T. Yes. So if you're interested in AL East or, Huge the, shout out. or the NL Central, Jordan Lindsay yes. is covering that AL covering East that really well. Seed at the T.com. Uh, seed at the T.com. Uh, and then in the NL Central, uh, that's my space and Lucas Moore's space. Uh, and then, of course, we're going to cover Indians baseball like no tomorrow. Absolutely. Well, guys, thank you so much for coming. We have one more segment. When we come back from break, we've got hockey, the best series in hockey right now, the Penguins and the Blue Jackets, here at JB Podcast. Peace out, guys. Thanks for having me on. Take care. Take care, buddy. <laughs> All right, come on in, guys. All right, I'm going to get out. You're getting out? Yes. Okay. What are we talking about? Pro wrestling? Shut up. Well, guys, if you like hockey, please join us at the table. Pull cool seat up. We've got. Is this like too much? Uh, is this the too much promotion? No, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's fine. No, this is your team, your city. Our boys, right? Absolutely. Welcome to the JMB Podcast. This is the last segment before we wrap it up. We head to finals week as well next week. I'm Bobby Levine. Shane Dazen, Ethan Graham, I got again got to sit in the middle of them because this series is going to heat up. It's 3-1 right now. The Jackets against the Pittsburgh Penguins. <laughs> Guys, tomorrow night, get over to the pigskin. Get over, guys. We're going to have a couple beers. We're going to have a couple wings. It's going to be a good time. Root on the Penguins to a big Game 5 victory in Pittsburgh. Black and gold going to be great. Get over there. Game 5, 3-1 <laughs> series lead for the Penguins. They're up 3-0. The Jackets are back in action. Again, go to the pigskin. Even if you need your car wash, walks, rinsed, all that good stuff, shampooed, Jay and Jay Mobile Detailing. Big John and Joe Andrews down there will help you up. Just tell them the J&B Podcast sent you guys. We'll move on from there. You've got a huge segment here, guys. I think we do, yeah. I think that would be an You went session. to game one? I went to game two. Two. Yeah. I went to game four. Mm-hmm. Oh, we saw some good hockey. Great hockey. You saw your team win. I saw my team win. I was on cloud nine folks last night. (laughs) Lost my voice for a while. Thank God it's back. Columbus was incredible last night. It sounded like the loudest I've ever heard that building. Maybe you can attest to that. You texted me last night and asked me how loud it was. There was a couple points in the third period when the Jackets got ahead by two, and we were killing off a a penalty kill for ourselves, Mm -hmm. um, and the place was rocking so loud where I couldn't hear my buddy Nick next to me. Um, So shout out to everyone in Columbus last night for that. I'm going to ask you a question about the offense. I want you to ask me that question. About the Jackets. I'll give you guys one minute each to talk about this. Okay. I'll get the stopwatch going. The Jackets finally got to Flurry last night. Can this happen again tomorrow night in Pittsburgh and find a way to win? The offense finally, because every, every shot it seemed like they were taken at Flurry before, se- before yesterday. Flurry was deflecting it, blocking whatever he could have done. But last night, it was finding the five hole, it was finding the three hole, the net, it was finding the back of the net, which matters. What do you got to say on this? Yeah, and you say it was last night, but it was also a game three, too. Let's not forget the Blue Jackets had a strong offensive performance, you know, and they've really been finding, um, you know, their goal scorers yes. these last couple games. And it's what, if they're getting to the middle of the ice, 
We said that if they're going to have a chance to win this series, they're going to have to get to the middle of the ice. And the defensive core is stepping up as well. You got to have guys like David Savard yes. uh, stepping up la uh, last night. Uh, Marcus Nudovara, his first ever playoff game, great story. Uh, the Finnish kid, his first year in the league, adds a goal and an assist. He's stepping up in the play, burying a rebound last night. And it's a lot of strong individual effort. We saw William Carlson uh, be paired up against Evgeny Malkin last night. He scored an absolutely effort goal there behind the net, just um, pretty much by himself. And it's guys like Josh Anderson's, it's guys like Carlson, you know, on these bottom six that are going to have to pick up the slack for the Blue Jackets because we know that top six, uh, obviously, with Crosby, uh, Crosby, Malkin, Kessel, Gunsel, all those guys uh, have really been killing the Blue Jackets the last couple games. So it's really what does the bottom six come down to. Fair enough, fair enough. Now, the question to you, Shane. Mm -hmm. um, last night, one of my good buddies, Andrew Exeter, if you're watching live, huge shout-out to you from Pittsburgh, diehard Penguins fan. Love you, buddy. Um, he was texting me about how the series is still over. He said he's not worried yet. If you guys lose tomorrow mm -hmm. in Pittsburgh and Fleury does not play his part, are you worried? And then do you try to bring – I mean, Matt Murray, is he out for the series? Uh, I think they're keeping that a little bit mum right now okay. just to, uh, you know, play that strategy against the Blue Jackets. You never really want to give away too much. Uh, and they, they start planning for maybe Murray starting that game. So they've been kind of mum on that. Uh, I think with Fleury playing some good hockey in those first few games, uh, that made that transition a little bit easier for the Penguins because they didn't have to rely on Murray being in that Fleury was holding it down. These last two games, though, have been a different story. Five goals uh, last night for the Blue Jackets, four goals the night before. Uh, I don't want to blame that all on Fleury. By no means is no. that strictly his fault. A couple goals, fault. though, were really bad. No, I mean, there were a few bad bounces here and there. Uh, we've seen this before with Marc-Andre Fleury where, uh, you know, it kind of gets into his head a little bit. Uh, you know, he lets up a goal here and he lets up a goal there and things start to snowball for him. So you're trying to, you know, find some consistency in the back of the net for the Penguins with Fleury, uh, making sure that, you know, he's staying headstrong as this game progresses because we've seen the Blue Jackets come out aggressive in those first, you know, five, ten minutes of almost every single game, seemingly every single game the Blue Jackets have pounced on the Penguins in the first and, uh, you know, Marc-Andre Fleury has got to, uh, you know, keep his head together for the Penguins if they want to avoid those bad starts again. It's going to be interesting. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, if you're a Penguins fan, has been a pretty much a rocky ship the entire time, mm -hmm. ever since going back to the Cup Finals a couple years mm -hmm. ago when you guys won it all before last He's year. He's a little bit of an enigma sometimes. Got to love him, though. Huma, you know absolutely. Mean? Now, to the Jackets. Yeah. Huge move last night. Obviously, Calvert comes back. They do not dress Hartnell which was a huge surprise in my mm -hmm. opinion sitting there. They just showed him on the screen, uh, not there, dressed in the crowd uh, next to Mr. Cheapboat himself. <laughs> yeah, Wrensky, who's he there? Looking playoff pretty. hockey, it's, I mean, that's what he tweeted, it's playoff hockey. <laughs> that was his third game ever, and that's what happens. Um, taking a facial fracture, he literally broke his face. Broke what the face. boys were saying they were in the bench, I don't know if you guys caught that, they were like, yeah, you're looking better now. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's that is literally the most unbelievable story. He came back on the ice, any other sport, that guy is out for months. Credit's there for that, yeah. Credit's, I mean, that's just a man sport. Both, both sides have to tip your hat to that one. What are the keys to tomorrow night's game, in your opinion? Well, I think they have to stay with the same lineup, just to br uh, brush up on that point a little bit there. I think you got Sedlak back in the lineup, Calvert, like you mentioned. Uh, we saw them employ a little bit more of a speed game. Of course, the Blue Jackets are going to be physical. That's how they got their 108 points in the regular season. Uh, but you saw them playing a little bit more responsible hockey last night. Yes. You know, John Tortorella always talks about how safe is death, how he'd rather have his guys, you know, go out there and be aggressive and make a mistake and lose because of that. But I think you saw the Blue Jackets maybe reel it in a little bit last night. Um, but when you talk about keys to tomorrow's game, like uh, Shane said, that fast start is going to be have to be absolutely necessary, which I expect out of them, you know, at this point. We've seen they can do it. 
But I want to talk about that second period, too. The Blue Jackets have looked very, very bad in the second periods of this game. The death of us. Yeah, so I think um, it comes into those locker room adjustments. It comes into that co those coaching things. And I think the Blue Jackets, uh, one last point, have to start getting some saves. I mean, let's be honest. Sergei Bobrovsky, who's been a rock of this team all year, has looked pretty soft in this series. I'd say Freaking probably um, you know more than half, about half of his goals have been extremely soft, even some last night. Thankfully, they were able to pull out the win. Tomorrow night, again, come to the pigskin. I'm going to ask you your, your opinion on what your keys to the game are. You have a minute, and then we'll talk about the rest of the NHL. All right. Well, yeah, like you were mentioning earlier, Ethan, getting to those greasy areas for the Blue Jackets. The Penguins need to do a good job protecting the house in front of Marc-Andre Fleury. And we talk about that house. We're talking about that square space in the slot right in front of the crease. You can't let the Blue Jackets get to those areas. They're going to find the back of the net if they find their way into the middle of the ice and they get those opportunities. So keep them wide if you're the defense. Obviously, we're a little bit battered on the back end. No crystal tank for the Penguins. It's kind of a makeshift defense. So you want to be positionally sound on the defensive end uh, for the forward units. Uh, more of the same. Top lines are doing great. That first line with Crosby, Gensel, and Sherry has looked absolutely phenomenal for the Penguins this postseason. Keep it up up top. Uh, maybe some more production from the bottom six would be a plus for the Penguins. But, uh, you know, like I said, uh, just keep the jackets out of the middle of the ice. Uh, play positionally sound on defense, and uh, they're going to find their goals. There you go, guys. I want to give a huge shout-out to my old wrestling coach, Great guy. Uh, Coach Schaefer, he also commented saying Quincy is key also. Huge, huge guy. Mm -hmm. You were talking about that last week. How you, huge uh, stepping up position. last night. Huge minutes last night for him. Yeah, I like that acquisition midseason. Uh, it was kind of a curious decision to see Scott Harrington in the lineup over Quincy, but um, I'm glad they stuck with that veteran prowess, that experience. Quincy had a run with the Red Wings mm -hmm. uh, back when they were in the Cup against the Penguins there. So I like that move, uh, Quincy being in the lineup. Okay, so Jackets, Pens, Game 5 tomorrow night. Mm -hmm. Jackets pull off this one. Literally, you take one game at a time, survive. They the need games. to get one more three times. That's what I've been telling myself all day. <laughs> Jackets in seven, we can only hope for. If you're a Columbus fan, if you're a Pens fan, you, you hope you hoped, you <laughs> hope tomorrow is the last game of the series. It's been fun, though. You know, this whole series brings out the best in everybody. Mm -hmm. um, the rest of the league, though, let's talk about two series, three, and uh, we'll give you guys each 30 seconds to talk about this one. You pick it. Which 3-0 series you want to talk about right now? Let's talk about the Hawks and the uh, All right, we'll talk about yeah. that one first. 30 seconds. Yeah, so Chicago, I mean, it just came out flat this series yes. to everyone's surprise. I mean, Nash really has the upper hand in every level of the game. Pekka A playing outstanding hockey. P.K. Subban playing outstanding hockey. Uh, I mean, it's just it's incredible what they've yeah. done. I mean, it, we I know none of us expected that. I even came on here. i got to eat my words now. I expected Chicago to, uh, you know, really make a fool out of Nashville this series. So, I mean, it's incredible to watch, and that's what I love about the NHL. It's not like the NBA or other sports where, you know, there's only three or four teams can win. Anything can happen, you know. Not just Nashville, Toronto, you know, out there making a series of Ties 2-2 right now. The Capitals yeah, 5-4 tonight. 5-4, they won in regulation first time all year. Or first time all series, I guess you could say. Which one are you talking about? Yeah, before we jump into that really quick, kudos to my buddy, Kelson Bazzuti, if you're listening tonight. He has the Predators in the Stanley Cup Finals. He was gung-ho on them all season long. So uh, good pick for him there. They're looking really well. About to put us out of but, a job. Uh, <laughs> but to get to that next series there really quick, uh, that Calgary-Anaheim series, we're seeing three one-goal hockey games. Yes. Two of them go into overtime. So you got really good hockey here. Uh, you know, the Flames falling just short. Uh, back to back to back time, so you'd like to think that maybe uh, you know they find a way 
to uh, maybe win a one-goal hockey game tonight or something like that. Uh, they've been close. No cigar for them. They haven't released their goaltending uh, starter tonight, so they're going to keep that mum for a little bit, try to throw Anaheim off. But for Anaheim, John Gibson is stepping into his own. We were uh, talking about those question marks for Anaheim netminders. Uh, replaced Anderson last season. That was Gibbo's net to lose, and he's doing a good job for them, keeping them uh, ahead in that series. They're finding timely offense, and uh, they're looking like they're on their way to the second round. Last series I'm going to talk about right now is the Minnesota Wild and the Blues. Mm -hmm. Us here at the table had the Wild. This guy, though. Not this guy, though. Adam, as, a whole, as a whole, <laughs> had the Wild winning it all. Duncan Goldberg, if you're watching tonight, 3-0 right now. Again, just take one game at a time, kid. Yeah. It's going to be okay. The Jackets are going to do it themselves. We've come back down 3-0 from the depths of hell and beat the defending Stanley Cup champions. You heard it here first on the table. Mm -hmm. um, before we wrap it up, are you calling me tomorrow? In the Penguins? Yes. In the Pen Oh, man. I, I, I want to say yes. I, I like our uh, chances in Pittsburgh for sure. That's always bodes well for the team to play on home ice. Uh, whether or not the Jackets win or not remains to be seen. But if they lose tomorrow night, the Penguins, um, I don't think it's the end of the world by any means. I think that they're still ahead in the series. Yep. They're still comfortable. But it's going to create some jitters. It definitely will. Am I confident tomorrow night? You know, not really, but there's just something with this team. It, there's just something when they get rolling. We saw it in December yes. and January. It was pretty magical. I hesitate to pick against the Blue Jackets. Maybe that's uh, my Union Blue and Red coming out of my arms. It runs through me internally. But yes. there's just something about this team when they get it going. If they can start getting saves, you know, I like the, I really like the way they played last night. If they can just start getting saves, I think you know anything could happen. If, like I said, they just got to get one and a more, one one uh, three more times. I think that's absolutely going to be the mindset. Uh, Playing desperate hockey right now. Go to the pigs in the morning if you're in Athens, Ohio. They'll have the game on every single TV. Food will go till nine o'clock, seven to nine, happy hour. That's all we have for the podcast, guys. Mm -hmm. Everyone out there, be safe. Jackets in seven. Absolutely, <laughs> guys. Thanks, guys. Take a share on that. Thank you so much. We'll be back next week for the final podcast before the semester ends. Look at his face. <laughs>